Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 22. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, Sepp Straka wins the Honda Classic 2022 by a stroke over Shane Lowry in a monsoon coming down the stretch there in Palm Beach, Florida. Never been happier for a tour player. What a year, Sepp. Way to go. Also, Miguel Angel had more aces over the weekend on his way to a Champions Tour victory than probably you've had in your whole life. And the ladies are back in action, as are some of the world's top male players as we head to the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill Club and Lodge Arnie's Tournament. We'll get you a full preview and our picks for that tournament coming up. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theticketnorthernmichigan.com. Also on radio, Wednesday nights at 7, 1047 FM, The Ticket in Petoskey, Charlevoix, Boyne City, 93.7 FM, The Ticket in Traverse City and Cadillac. Let's go. All right, well, let's talk some golf because we got a lot to get to. Obviously, busy, busy time of the year, you know, coming off the heels of good friend of the pod getting his first PGA Tour victory. Thrilled for Sepp Straka. What a performance. Little help from Mother Nature, and boom, you got yourself your first PGA Tour victory. What awesome 66, just a couple rotations of the ball short of a 65 and an eagle finish on the last hole. Um, so that was really great to see. That's the most fun I've had watching a golf tournament in some time. Yeah, I feel bad for uh, for old uh, Mr. Berger. He just crumbled apart. I think he lost a six-shot lead in six holes. And he never really looked like he had. I think it was a five-shot lead. In five holes. 11. He teed off at 11 under. I believe he had bogeyed 18, actually, the previous. Or he shot 11 under. I, I'm not sure if he bogeyed 18 or not, but he was teed off at 11 under, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Lowry, Straka, and maybe Svensson were six under. But, yeah, he, it went quickly. And you cannot. You got a birdie number three. If you've been to PGA National, if you've played PGA National, you got to get number three, and you got to be, you should be under par through three holes because one, two, and three are gettable. And then, you know, here come the gator trap and the bear. Like the course just gets brutally hard. And Daniel made double on three. That's a three shot swing, effectively. I believe both Lowry and Straka, his closest chasers. Both made birdies there. Lowry went on to birdie. I think he birdied four, too, if I remember correctly. But that was a that was why some people were saying this is if there's a course to have a five a course where a five stroke victory will go away, it is PGA National because the doubles, the triples, the high numbers are lurking and there's no it's not easy to sort of collect yourself and and get back on the right track when you're struggling because it feels like there's water or OB or you know some kind of trouble on literally every single hole out there so tough performance but I don't put it's got to be hard to sleep on a five shot lead oh I can imagine I and that's what uh I was it's almost like he was ahead by too much you know 
Oh, he probably was. I mean, that's and that's probably where you you aren't playing to win; you're just playing not to lose at that point, which is obviously never uh, never a good mindset to be in. But I remember I was listening to Shane Bacon yesterday, and he he mentioned something along the lines of just getting to the weekend at the Honda Classic can be it can make such a difference. One of those tournaments, just because as long as you can go out and shoot a couple under on the weekend, you'll move up pretty far which seemed to be the case this weekend for like you really it was it is it is cool to see golf we still have a few golf courses on the rotation that can still still show their teeth two under tied for ninth two under par so really amazing golf when you think about just from the the guys who are there at the top because you got sep 10 under lowry nine kitayama Played great, shot eight under. Really did not want to hit that second shot on eighteen in the rain. That was funny. Who is that? Kurt Kitayama. Oh yeah. Playing with Sep, looking over at Sep, going, "I should wait, right?" <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> and then Berger at seven. Next best is two guys at four, Norin and Woodland, Schwab and Kirk, who had a rough Sunday at three, and really a rough weekend, seventy-one, seventy-three, at three under, and then this group of guys. Time for ninth at two at two under par. Amazing, amazing. Only fifteen players finished the week under par at the Honda Classic 2022. So I love that kind of golf. Um, I mean, I don't love playing that kind of golf. I hate. That's exactly why I hate Florida golf. Mm. Is what those guys just went through. And there's a reason. There's dozens of players that live within thirty miles of that golf course and they don't even play this event because it is brutally hard but it, it does make for uh a fun week of golf partly because everyone was crowning daniel Berger. oh yeah then they didn't even wait till saturday night to crown him they were crowning him thursday they were crowning him friday and uh what do you know in the end yeah really but for a bunker hole out and a chip in that was he's st- even worse. He's even in worse shape. I mean, really, he was fighting, but he he just couldn't give himself enough opportunities to get back. Still, kind of in it there when he hit his second shot on eighteen, which was a I believe, on the water. But believe he had fourteen feet of putts made through fourteen holes. He was putting absolutely atrociously bad. Missing. He also had made only I think one bogey the first three rounds. Yes, I believe that was which is crazy. It's like the law of averages has to come back here at some point because. But again, if you want to win Honda, you have it's going to be a ball strike. It's who's going to lead the field and ball striking. Sepp had a really hot week with the putter, but the ball striking was was what led him. And you can't make doubles. I think that's now like five of the last six winners have been without a double bogey for the week. So really, it's about bogey avoidance, staying out of the water. Which obviously that's about your ball striking. So those two things go hand in hand. And that's why, I mean, look at the leaderboard. Woodland, Berger, Lowry, Straka. I mean, we're looking at all guys who all hit the ball really, really flush and good. So something to keep in mind for next year. And obviously really exciting for Sepp Straka. Now uh, gets to play in the Masters, right? I believe so. So we got to, I mean, I got to, I've given Peter long enough to be modest or not to not be modest, but he did mention, because I, I went back and listened last night because I, I swear I remember hearing Sepstraka's name. I just wanted to know like what the context was. I actually listened to it. I, I went back and did this one in one time speed, but I listened to it because just try to like listen to it quickly. Listen to it one point eight times speed. Very funny. 
like to listen to us talk very quickly. Should we just do the whole pod at 1.8 times speed? <laughs> we're kind of we're both kind of slower talkers, I would say. Uh, see, I would, I uh, yeah, I mean we we could the, the Spotify gives you like 12 different options of of speed you want to. Well, go ahead and let us so, know. Yeah, let me, us know what you think. Text so me. I think he made the cut at Genesis. Um, Sepp Straka is getting into some better form. Very, very straight off the tee and good with the longer irons. So should be a good fit here. And I think Davis Riley. How about that? See, I, I'm going to count that as something. I don't know if it's not an outright, but it's you pushed us in the right direction last week. I was trying. I you was were, trying. You were, you were leading us to waters, depending on if we had a sip. Of I didn't water. drink. Did you? No. Yeah. No. no. I played him in DraftKings. No, actually. So I was I'm, happy about that, but I did see Pat from Tour Junkies hit for like the seventh week in a row or something. So hopefully while you've been enjoying our cold streak, you've also been dipping into some other wells where some guys are giving you some better winning picks. But I played him in DraftKings. Like I had another decent week in DraftKings. I mean, I played a lot of these guys that were up here. I bet on Brooks. He was never a factor. But, I mean, that did as, as well as the as – the, you know, Horschel and Berger tickets that everyone else, and Sungjae tickets that everyone else had. So not very many people out there with Straka tickets. I did play them in DraftKings, and uh, Pat actually had a uh, had a Lowry ticket too. So he was in a good good spot there coming up 18. Well, that was my pick was Lowry. I didn't say I was like, and that's why I went back and listened because I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to take him at 25, but I love him at, I think he was plus 145 to top 20. Did you hit that? No, I mean I don't, I don't. Come on, Hunter. I'm uh, start making some money. I'm very close to because I was. I'm feeling the pain of no football. I'll tell you, just like something to. Something well, let's to, get let's get into some of the fishing finishing positions with API because I think there's going to be some opportunity there this week. I do have some guys a little farther down the board that I do feel really strongly will have good weeks this week. And uh, there's a lot about API, a lot about Bay Hill that we know. So we can be really well informed this week, just like we were for Honda, and I think that's going to lead to some some solid picks. Any other takeaways from the Honda Classic? Uh, no, just uh, I saw it might have been Kyle Porter last night. I'm, my, I'm not sure if that's who it was. I'm pretty sure it was. He said this: uh, the end of the Honda Classic marks the 40% of the PGA Tour, PGA Tour season being done. That's so depressing. It is very sad. Can he just shut up? <laughs> How is that possible? Forty percent of the season, we've only hit we've hit like one winner. I know. Have we? <laughs> I don't well, even so know if we have. One was Sam Burns. We, yeah, right. Can we yeah. still rest on that? <laughs> yeah, right. That was that. That tournament's like coming up. <laughs> We're almost to a year. Sam Burns is forty-five to one this week at the Arnold Palmer. Um. Uh, you know, yeah, I, no, I'm feel, I'm feel, I'm feeling good. I was even placing some futures bets. Oh, were you? So I'm starting to I'm starting to warm up. I think, and forty percent of the golf season may be over, but the heart of the golf season is just beginning. I would say. And we've I think played it's, Farmers, we've played Genesis. I love Honda. Most people don't. Now we're gonna play API, and then obviously we're gonna start getting crazy because we're gonna play. Is there a throwaway tournament the rest of the year? Do you count Puerto Rico? Uh, no, because there's a. Turn- get some bonus picks for Puerto Rico before I got, uh, the pods out. I actually, I'll give you one right now. You got one right on the top of my head. Uh, Bryce Garnett is forty to one to win. Seaside specialist. I yep. love it. He has he has never missed the cut at the. I think it's called the Grand Reserve, maybe. Look at you. And getting, in, getting into he, the research. 
was top 20 in 2020 and top five, T5 in 2021. Did you say his odds are 40 to 1? Yes. Can you, you have an odds board, for, not to get too far off <laughs> have a quick odds board for the Puerto Rico? Uh, I do. Give me uh, three seconds. And then we'll go around the tours. Okay. Corn Ferry's off. Old guys are off, I think. No, old, old guys are on. Old guys are on. Sorry, Hunter. Very are on. the ladies off then? The ladies are back on this week in Singapore. So, all right. Uh, the Puerto Rico Open 2022. Uh, Mateus Swab at 16 to one. Where else can you listen to a podcast that's going to take you through the Puerto Rico odds before even talking about our <laughs> Mateus Schwab? That he's good. Yeah, he just finished. Uh, he played well. At Honda. Played, yeah, I say he played great at Honda. Uh, Mark Hubbard. 20, What's his number? Uh, Sixteen. Okay. Uh, Mark Hubbard had a good week. Mark too. Hubbard and John Hu at uh, oh, twenty John to one. Ha. Model superstar, excellent ball striker, in good form. Also played well at Honda, I believe. Look out! Yes, Honda's a great fifth. Uh, Joseph yes, Bramlett he shot minus two, tied for ninth. Shot sixty five on Friday. Uh, Joseph Bramlett at twenty five, along with uh, Rafa Cabrera Bell. Whoa! Ryan Armour at twenty eight. Oh, oh! Along with uh, was it Kitayama? Kirk Kitayama, yeah. Yep, he's also at twenty-eight. Along with David Lipsky, Peter Uline, get to thirty-three to one. You got uh, Nate Lashley, Victor Perez, Chad Ramey, uh, Chase Seifert. Okay, I'm Brian start- Stewart. Brian Stewart playing Puerto Rico. He is, yeah. We're gonna have to talk about Brian Stewart for a minute. <laughs> we will. Keep going, and then we'll. Talk I'm gonna about get. Brian I'm gonna get like a few, a few more. Uh, Von Taylor at 33 to one. Dylan Wu at 33 to one. Ryan Bram at 40 to one. Uh, Bronson Berjun at 40 to one. Bryce Garnett at 40 to one. Nick Hardy at 40 to one. And that's about. Uh, we got Bill Haas at 45 to one. Kyle Stanley at 45 to one, along with Kevin Chapel at 55 to one. Puerto Rico is can get really windy. Mm-hmm. I remember this. Joey contended here in the year that Martin Trainer won. And I think if I remember correctly, it's kind it's kind of a putting contest a little bit. It's like windy and there's not a lot of trouble, but this the winning score is not really that low. I think there's a lot of missed greens. A lot of scrambling, a lot of putting. I could be wrong. I might be talking right out of my rear, but oh. I didn't. I when you started getting into the thirties, I started hearing some names that I were, I thought were kind of interesting. David Lipsky, mm-hmm. Peter Uline. Yeah, Peter's Peter actually. Peter Uline. I've seen his is name. Good with his irons. He's not great with his driver. He was in the field last week, I think. Lipsky was also in the field last week. He tied for fifty fifth. He has played internationally a fair amount before coming over to the tour. But he has some 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 he's a winner, I think. I think he's got some international wins, so in a field like that, that feels kind of interesting. But I would go down the board there just first glance. Like I mean, I love Schwab's a great player. Yeah, I said probably a deserving favorite. There's not a lot of really strong players in that field, so you can you can scroll down and maybe bump into one of these guys that's in good form. But I don't think we have any, like, well, I'll look at it a little bit more later. But Martin Contini, did he get into that? 
the guy that played so well last week as a Monday qualifier? Did he get an invitation to play in Puerto Rico? Uh, I don't see his name. That's a bummer. And he was close to getting a top 10, which would have gotten him in for yeah, sure. Yeah, he was finished T16th. Oh, man, he just needed oh, he needed two more. Shot two over on the back on Sunday. That was fun seeing him hit it up into the grandstands. They obviously made a huge deal out of that on TV, but it was funny. But uh, Chase Seifert was kind of interesting. I, we know him as a horse for course kind of at the Honda, and he played fine. He had shot a Saturday 75, and otherwise 69, 66, 71 in the other three rounds. He's also should be. He went to Florida State. I think he's from Florida. He should be good. He should be pretty good in high winds. So, I don't know. I'll be, I probably will have a ticket or two on the Puerto Rico. What the hell? All right, take us around the tours, will you, Hunter? Yes. All right. <clears throat> around the tours we go. All right, so the uh, the ladies are back in action uh, March 3rd through 6th. They are playing in Singapore at the Sentosa Golf Club in uh, the Taejong course. And that is, yeah, like I said, March 2nd through 6th. Uh, defending champion is uh, uh, Ho Kim. <laughs> Spit it out, Hunter. You know, I, one of the things I hate most about this podcast is pronunciations. Well, you hate it, but it's, for the rest of us, it's our favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to uh, college golf. The Michigan State boys, uh, after coming off of their second-place finish uh, a couple weeks ago, have a a duel with Cincinnati in Bluffton, South Carolina, uh, this Friday before the uh, Colton River Collegiate, which is also in Bluffton, South Carolina, at the Colton River Club. And that is uh, a Monday, Tuesday of next week. So they have this thing with Fri- uh, Cincinnati on Friday and then – well, they'll be without their number one player on Friday. Why is that? Piot's playing in the API. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I Piot or Piot? I've already forgotten. I don't know. James. <laughs> James is playing. He's on first name. He's in first. the API. You can you can bet on James this week. You can put him in your DraftKings lineup. He's the min price. James Piot, P-I-O-T. He's the kid that just won the U.S. Hammer, goes to Michigan State. So that that head-to-head with Cincinnati on Friday, they'll be without their number one. Very excited for James to be in the field. Hopefully they give him a little TV t- time, too. We'll Does, love to see a couple shots and hear, hear some stories about his U.S. amateur This new um, the the new college athletes getting paid doesn't affect amateur golf at all, right? Like, the amateur's still, like, he wouldn't get a paycheck if he won this week. Mm, boy, that's uh, that's an interesting question. I'm sure for prize money you can't take it. I don't think NIL is like. I don't think that that would allow you to because you're still if you're accepting prize money for a golf tournament that you won, you're forfeiting amateur status. I think because it's all about the financial part of it. Yeah. But if you get, you may be able to go cut an ad for a car dealership in town. James Pyatt can go cut at a car dealership that says hit a hole in one when you shop it. Hunter Chevy. Yeah. Pulaski which, Chevy. Which makes sense. Uh, so that, yeah, like I said, that is Friday and then Monday and Tuesday. The Michigan State girls uh, ended up finishing T10th at the Icon Invitational in Houston last week. 
they are on to the uh, the Gator Invitational in Gainesville, Florida, March 5th and 6th. They will uh, be alongside the U of M girls as well, who are also playing in the Gator Invite. The U of M boys uh, are at the Lake Las Vegas uh, Intercollegiate in Henderson, Nevada. They are T ninth after day one. Two more days left. They are playing in the um, so they'll go from Nevada straight over to the Desert Mountain Collegiate in Scottsdale, March fifth and sixth. Sounds fun. TPC Scottsdale. No, I'm so good at putting Hunter on the spot, asking him questions he doesn't know the answers to. No, I don't know. They're not there because I would have. It's really my specialty that and interrupting people. Yeah, I no, I don't. Um, I don't know why you always. Why do you think that me. this podcast is such a smashing success? Several reasons. While you're diddling over there, can you believe Billy Horschel is a hundred hundred to one on DraftKings Sportsbook to win the Players Championship? Yes, I can. You can. <laughs> Yes. You can believe that? <laughs> what, what would Am I alone on this? I I sw- well this is a little recency bias as I'm trying to figure this out. Every time I saw Billy get screen time this weekend, he was missing a putt. Yeah, yeah. It was, exactly it was right. Constant. It was his putting. It was his chipping and it putting that terrible. held him back. That's never the case. Yeah, so I don't uh I don't really know what to what to make of I put a ten spot on the on the whole man. Oh, old uh, old Billy. Ten to one, a thousand? Are you kidding me? Hundred to one? He's th- probably a top thirty player in the world right now. This is why those sports books will never close. That's why they're always going to get their money because okay, well, of this like audio this. that we're going to play back. <laughs> desert, they're playing at uh, they're playing at Desert Mountain. So lucky guys. That's actually. And I got Adam Scott sixty five. I thought that was pretty damn good too. He's twenty five to one this week at the API. He's won the players. He's in great form. He's 65 to 1. That's better than the number I got on him for Augusta. If anybody wants to buy an Adam Scott future, talk to me first. Don't even go to Prop Swap because, like, you're going to sell it? I'm holding so many Scott tickets, I've probably lost track of them. I need an. I think our business idea for this podcast to really take it to the financial next level. Have you seen those apps that will tell you it will aggregate all your subscriptions and show you how much you use them and if you should cancel or whatever, like for example, if you're a cable cutter and so you're like, I got Hulu, I got Disney, I got Netflix, I got Amazon Prime, HBO. Do I need all this? I've never but seen never, this. You but you lose track of it. I but this this makes it, it seems like a good okay, product. Imagine that for all my different sports books apps that I'm doing business with. I can't keep track of my tickets because they're in Michigan, they're in Illinois, they're in Indiana, they're on this player, they're for this tournament. Blah, blah, blah. I need something that just zoops it into one little where I can go and say, "What have I spent? Where did I buy the ticket? What am I holding? What are my open futures bets?" No, uh, across all my various apps, no, that is, we'll call it degeneracy. No free advertising, but um, don't tell me somebody does this. Action Network 100% does that. (laughs) You can link, you can link your books to them. Another good idea already taken. All right, we promised we would talk about Brian Stewart. So, can you, can we get through the round the tours? 
Yes. Uh, now that I'm <coughs> done going on tangents. Yep. Uh, so corn fairy corn fairy tour is still off until the middle of the month, I believe, like the middle teens of March. So we will keep you updated there, uh, as well as the uh, the LA tour is also off for a while. The seniors. We're over in Tucson, Arizona uh, this past weekend. Miguel Angel Jimenez won the Color Guard Championship. You see that son of a gun hit two, two hole ones? <laughs> Crazy. He okay. It's grammar question: two holes in one, two hole in ones. Why? Why is the English major asking the dummy exploded. a question like I that? I believe it's holes in one. But I can't say why. It just feels right. I believe, I believe it is as well. Sounds cool. I, I I think that's yes. I think that it actually is. But what a what a what a what a jerk! I mean, dude, most of us never have one of those our whole lives. You hit two in the same week, and the second one was cooking. Okay, that was <laughs> fortunate to go down. That could have easily bounced off the flagstick. Yeah, so um, I didn't see either one of them, but anytime I'm impressed. Anytime that you can have two hole ones in a span of four days. Oh, dude, he hit like the second one. He hit like a sweeping hook from probably like in the 170. Like it was a good shot. So <laughs> it was a really nice shot. And then it was hauling as it got to the flag and. Pretty amazing from Jimenez. I uh, obviously a, a fan favorite guy that uh, everyone always loves. So to see him get two. Do they ones though? Is, do they? I, do you not like Miguel? <laughs> Something about the guy just bothers me. <laughs> you just I don't such know a, what it a is. Dump in your pants all the time. <laughs> I do. So. I do. I have, <laughs> I'm not a happy person. Okay. The senior tour. <laughs> is moving up to Newport Beach to play Newport Newport Beach Country Club at the Hogue Classic. Uh, the tournament was canceled in 2021 for COVID reasons, but Ernie Els was the 2020 champion. Uh, this was his first Champions Tour title. So uh, we'll keep you updated on those scores as they come in. A little bit of uh, catching up to do in the uh, junior golf world. Uh, I kind of lost track of... of uh, Young Mr. P.J. Maybank. What? That's your job, dude. <laughs> You're a P.J. Maybank stan. I, I, don't, <laughs> I can't emphasize how hard it is to find amateur golf stuff. It That's is, why we do that. was the whole originator idea of this podcast. I know. So, I'm, to make so it I'm, easier. I'm here. I'm just a week late. I'm one week late. So it's really not that bad. Okay, hit us. So uh, the AJGA Simplified Boys Championship at Carlton Woods in Texas. Uh, this was just last week. PJ finished T10th. He is up to currently 51st in the overall boys AJGA rankings and 21st for the class of 2023. This is on the heels. This one's a couple weeks late. On the heels of winning the 31st Sea Pines Junior Heritage in South Carolina, that's part of the uh, South Carolina Golf Association. So that was at uh, Harbor Town and uh, Atlantic Dunes, which I had just played. So that's a fun, that's a fun little tourney. Yeah. So he uh, he took took home the crown there. So I will keep you updated as as things uh, move on from there. But uh, so far, so good. He seems like he's in pretty good form right now for the uh, for the winter time. Okay. So now can we talk about Brian Stewart? 
Yes. Brian Stewart, pride of Jackson, Michigan. Top 10 finish last week. Was messing around with maybe even a little bit better finish than that at, at times. Was that video that you sent me from Saturday when he was playing with Brooks? He's playing with Brooks this week. And he's on the ESPN Plus PJ Tour Live coverage. He's in the fairway. And he is over his ball. It was Saturday. Did you count how long he was over it? Well, I mean, I can I can tell you the video was. It was. It's really it's really something, and he. The video is <laughs> forty five seconds, and that was and I don't think it caught the, the there was there was more time on the front end of the video that was not accounted for. The majority of the 45 seconds, even though Brooks hits a ball at the end of that video, is Stewart simply standing over his ball waiting to hit into the green. That was actually, that was the part that I liked the most about it was the fact that Brian Stewart took 43 seconds of that video and and Brooks kept two of it. I think his ball. Hey, over to Brooks, boom. I think Brooks' (laughs) ball was in the air before Brian's ball landed. Well, Brooks might want to slow down a little bit, okay? There's probably a happy medium for both of these players. I haven't seen Brooks. He hasn't won a tournament. Since last year in Scottsdale, right? Is that wrong? I, I, I might be. That might be my <laughs> weakest. You you can't ask me that on the spot. Expect me to know the answer. Okay, but I will figure it I out. I apologize for that. You are, but you you do it on purpose. Stewart got dragged, and he got dragged right away by the announcers on the call. The woman whose name I don't know. I'm sorry. I should have looked it up, but she actually said, isn't he getting dizzy in the middle of his waggle? Which was, it went on forever. Yeah, those those ESPN Plus people have no filter. They, they say whatever is on it's their nice. mind. They, it's nice. Well, it's nice to a they point. Al- they're also terrible. They don't know anything about golf. Like I, I saw, I see all these guys in the gambling community are always... You know, quoting the announcers and tweeting about it. Like one person said something about, you know, Harry Higgs being a great ball striker and it needing to be about the putting. It's just, just the complete opposite of the truth. Just because the man is large doesn't mean he's a great ball striker, okay? I do think that that is, there is not a lower level of a broadcaster career than, than ESPN Plus Thursday morning at 7 a.m. I don't know. Ryan Burr's on there. He's done everything. I, well, some of those people suck. They are really bad. Like I, I'll, I'll just mute it. I'd rather, like I'd rather the, listen to it muted. The radio guys do the best. Well, why? Like the, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm partial to the radio because I'm a radio guy. But anyway, Stewart heading to Puerto Rico, fresh off a nice tail whipping from the greater from the golf community at large over his slow play. Is he a slow player? I don't know. I didn't know he was slow. He sure looks slow now. Well, I somebody I saw somebody in the mentions of that uh, of one of those videos say something like, "Like everyone's been in that, like where you just like I I can think of a time where you just feel like very uncomfortable over a shot, yeah, and like you're trying, especially like, especially there if you're on the right side of the fairway, which I'm pretty sure he was, and there's water left." It's so hard to get your body aligned properly to hit a shot. And I, it looked like he just kept trying to find his alignment. 
So I you just hate mm. you just hate to pick out these one. If he's a slow player, he's a slow player, like and and screw slow players to the moon and back because we don't have time for that. But if, if this is just one instance, I have a hard time believing that. How different is your routine shot to shot over the course of a day? Like I, if he was doing that on that shot, my guess is he was doing that on most of his shots. I would say, no. However many long shots you hit. 45 long shots, 50, 50, 45 feet long shots you hit, I would say 43 of them are, are within a second or two of each other. But then you might have that one where it just feels, you just Aren't feel. are going to back away, though? You're not just going to sit there and yeah, that's, fidget. Yeah, that's where it gets a little, I don't know. He didn't significantly uh, change his alignment over the course of those 30 seconds of wiggling around. I mean, it made Patrick Cantley look like a fast player. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was very similar. I need to, I guess. uh, It was a lot of the rocking around in the shoes, you know, like wiggling the feet. Well, Brian Stewart just may just lost his one. He got on TV, and then he does that, and then this is what happens. Now he's going to win Puerto Rico. You think so? I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. (laughs) No, obviously not. He just 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 played fine at Honda. Yeah, no, I don't think that. I don't know what his results have been there, but no, I wouldn't put it past him. All right, we're getting well on here. Should we talk about API? Yeah. All right, so Bay Hill Club and Lodge, Florida Golf, kind of like Honda, only this place is just everything's bigger. So course is longer you stretch it out to 7500 yards almost i think um what's interesting about this golf course you know wind is a big factor there's you know plenty of water hazards not nearly as penal as honda but you know like the 18th people remember the 18th there's a huge pond to the right hitting your second shot over the over the water and the the pin on sunday is always pushed all the way to that front right portion of the green we've seen tiger make it feels like a gazillion putts from kind of the middle area of that green to win a tournament there. He won this tournament eight times, eight times. Matt Every has won this tournament twice, which is interesting. But what's from a gambling perspective or just <clears throat> prognosticating, what's interesting and different about Bay Hill is so many of the approaches come from over 200 yards. So even though this course is long, unless you're Bryson last year and just like you have your own, you see have your own lines and you just do things your own way, there are quite a few forced layups. You know, you're, there's a lot of dog legs. You're playing into similar sections of the fairway regardless of your length, and then you're coming into the green from similar areas of the fairway. Many of those shots are going to be over 200 yards. Very disproportionately so in terms of it's like thirty percent more shots from that range than on the than on the average PGA tour course. So this is the course throughout the year that challenges challenges players on long approaches. Really, that's gonna be the single probably biggest factor in determining who you wanna play this week is how are they gonna do on longer approaches this week. And I think you probably want to filter that through among players who are in form and can get their ball in the fairway off the tee. So as a result of that, you see a lot of different kinds of players win here. Like Rory has won here. 
Hatton has won here. I just said Every has won here. Tiger won here eight times. Uh, Jason Day won here back in his heyday. Mark Leishman has won here. He was a hundred to one long shot that week that he won. Uh, and the winning score has kind of a wide range. And there's one year when the year that Hatton won, winning score was four under par. That was largely due to wind. These greens are firm and fast. The firmness of the greens is the main sort of defense, which makes those long approaches really, really important. Uh, got to hit the ball flush. Got to hit it high. Got to be able to spin it from long ranges or be just, de- you know, really super, super accurate from those ranges. Uh, but that is sort of the, I, I imagine all things being equal, we'll probably get a winning score in the low to mid teens. This week, unless the wind gets out of control, that's more likely to happen than the four-under scenario. Um, But players who are good in wind, good in Florida, good on Bermuda, and good with long irons, I think are all, uh, those are all good things to look at this week. And then history. I mean, this is very, this course is very predictive in terms of history. That's skewed probably by Tiger winning here eight times. But guys who like this golf course seem to play well. Again and again, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick has an incredible record here. Rory, after he won here, said, oh, I wish I had been playing this tournament longer. I really like this golf course. Leishman not only has won here, but seems to play well here. Um, you know, time in and time out. Christian Bazudenhoit has good history here. I mean, there's guys who have history. Keith Mitchell, who we're going to talk about, um, who are good on those longer approaches, like Bermuda, like Florida golf, don't mind the wind. Um, and have, you know, sort of the, the length to be able to play into these greens from long yardages and handle the firmness of the greens. Even the par threes are long. I think the shortest par three is maybe just a shade under 200. You know, one of them gets out over 220, I think. So big boy golf again this week. Going to be having to lose, use some of the longer clubs, not going to be able to overpower the golf course with the driver, need to find the fairway, need to avoid bogeys. And um, scrambling is going to matter, and putting. I mean, to a certain extent, the short game and the scrambling are really going to matter uh, because you know guys are going to miss. The average guy is going to miss forty percent of his greens here this week. So when you have those longer approaches, you're just not getting the ball on the green as often. You're going to have to scramble. Good news is for the players, it's the firmness of the greens that is the difficulty of the greens. It's not the greens themselves. They seem to be fairly easy to read. You can make a lot of putts here. They're very they're they're quick, just like you saw last week at the Honda. Uh, so like guys like Rory love fast greens. Um, so let's see what else did I what did I miss here? Uh, par five scoring that would be the other thing that I would mention. Long par threes need to be able to hit long approaches, and then you have to take advantage of par five. So I think par five scoring is really important. That's where your length can come into play. That's where Maybe you can use a driver. 16, you can make eagle. Six, we saw Bryson nearly, you know, try basically try to drive the green. That's the one that wraps around the lake. Mm-hmm. That's another hole where you see at least a lot of birdies, um, but you can make it. There will be a few eagles there as well. So it's a par 72. Got to take advantage of those four par fives if you're going to score. And bogey avoidance, which I think I said, but... Um, those are kind of the you know the statistics that I'm looking at, and I am weighing history quite, quite heavily as I evaluate where I want to, where I want to spend my money this week. Did I miss anything? Uh, 
No, I, I think it's just I think it's just how hard this golf course is very hard tee to green. Uh, second toughest uh, approach proximity course on the tour, thirty percent harder than average to hit uh, green regulation from the rough. The short game is does seem to be somewhat easier than than most or the average PJ tour course, and then yeah, it's interesting that there's a lot of big <clears throat> that got that. Nice white sand bunkers, but guys really do well out of these bunkers. I think they really like these bunkers. It's easy to get it up and down from the bunkers. You'll probably, I'm glad you mentioned the rough. I think guys would prefer the fairway bunkers to the rough because the rough, they looks, really grow out. Looks long. That's where some of the difficult, it's gotten harder and harder. They did take some trees out too. I think that was 2014. And as a result, that was, I think, about the time they started growing the rough up a little bit. So, um, and then past, I forgot to do past winners, so keep going. Outside of that, the the other thing I wanted to mention was I think you mentioned ball striking. Um, among the players in Bay Hill this this week, uh, your top three ball strikers over the last twenty rounds: John Rahm has gained two point seven strokes per round, Zal Torres two point Hovland one point seven, and Luke List at one point six. Look at you. Look at you getting in deep to the numbers. You got my fantasy fancy national account up over there? I am not. No, I'm uh, just You're stealing the numbers from somebody. Else. Stealing numbers from Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, past winners, real quick. Sorry, I touched on these. Bryson last year, Hatton. That was the really hard year. Francesco Molinari won here the year before that. Remember, he was hot then. That's not the Francesco Molinari that we know right now. Uh, McElroy, that was an 18. Leishman, 17. Day, 16. Everyone twice, twice in a row, 14 and 15. Before that, Tiger won in 13 and 12. Martin Laird won in 2011. Ernie Els in 2010. You will, I will be playing Martin Laird at $7,000 in DraftKings this week because I love to burn my money and because he's a model superstar. Statistically, the guy's a putter short of being the best player in the history of golf. So he's... You should get paired with Russell Henley, and they'll just have a, a great time together. Um, but I would say that list, the Matt Everything, is kind of a surprise. And other than that, DeChambeau, Hatton, Molinari, Rory, Leishman, Day, we're talking about the the cream of the crop, the upper echelon of the golf world winning here. It is not common for long shots to win here. It is more times than not going to be somebody f- from towards the top of the board for the reasons that Hunter and I mentioned. This is big boy golf. This is a hard golf course. Um, if you know these guys at the top of the board play well, it's going to be hard for the guys at the bottom to catch them. So you meant you mentioned it. Uh, Tiger has eight wins and in. in- Eight wins at uh, Bay Hill in only thirteen starts. So just a little Tiger Woods stat for for this Tuesday morning from two thousand third from two thousand to two thousand thirteen, Tiger Woods was a, minus one hundred nine in this tournament, seventy three shots better than any other player in that span, <laughs> which was VJ Singh at minus thirty six. He won that time. He won it eight times in thirteen starts. So, and I think what you can say about Tiger as it pertains to this golf course and what we're talking about is if you can combine being very good being a very good iron player we knew tiger to be the best iron player of his generation and you can scramble and putt like you can get up and down when inevitably you do miss or you hit a wild tee shot 
you have a great skill set here. Who else fits that description perfectly? Rory McIlroy. He loves this golf course. His weakness is his short irons and his wedges. He is much better from farther away from the green, and we know he has a masterful short game. He's great out of bunkers, and he's been hot with his putter. He loves fast greens. There's a reason Rory likes this golf course. Leishman, the same. The guy's a phenomenal scrambler and putter who happens to be very good with his irons. What's the If there's a weakness in Leishman's game, what's his weakness? He's not a prolific driver of the golf ball. You don't need to be a prolific driver of the golf ball to do well here, even though don't get sucked into the Bryson won here last year thing and think you need to play bombers. Again, Matthew Fitzpatrick plays well here every year. Kevin Kisner has been in contention here. Charlie Hoffman, Kevin Chappell, Henrik Stenson, the guy doesn't even use a driver. Keegan Bradley plays well here every time. Guy hits it 290 off the tee. So if you can be in the fairway, you're good with your irons and or good with scrambling. Now we're talking. Okay, on the odds board, and there is some significant variance on some of these players app to app. So I'm gonna look, I'm gonna give you the uh, DraftKings odds for right now. John Rahm kicks it off seven and a half to one. Rory behind him at ten. Scheffler, wow, Scotty Scheffler, third favorite, sixteen to one, and I think people are gonna take it. Uh, Victor Hovland, eighteen to one. Matthew Fitzpatrick. On the history, twenty to one. I think he personally. I think you got to be crazy to bet that. So probably he's going to win. The, obviously, the casinos don't want him. Don't want us to bet him. Uh, Sungjae, twenty-two. As a couple of seconds here, or thirds. I guess he's never been second, but he's got a couple top fives. Uh, good record here. Hideki Matsuyama, twenty-five to one. Feels like a bit of a misprice, doesn't it? Has a decent record here. Never won, no second places, but he's had some pop weeks, had some top tens, and and if you look deeper at the Hideki numbers on this golf course, he ball strikes it phenomenally and he puts it like garbage. I think you might have a good number there because I got him at twenty on barstool. Yeah, so twenty five to one on Hideki, that's where I start to get interested. I do like Sungjae. That might be a more of a one and done play. I love Hideki. The twenty five love might be too strong a word, but um, his he's fixed his putting. I mean, his putting has been very good lately. So if he comes to this golf course, plays it the way that he has, tee to green, and then puts it a little bit better, he will be in contention. He's right there next to Zalatoris at 25, who profiles really, really well for this golf course, and I think a lot of people are going to like. Leishman has the you know former winner odds at 28. He's there with Hatton. Casey, 35. Scott, 35. I mean, Adam Scott, 35 to 1. This seems this seems like it should be an Adam Scott golf course. I, I like him at the players. I like him at Augusta. 35 is not a bad number. I've seen it quite a bit shorter, actually. Uh, oh, we should mention Bryson was going to play, and he actually opened at 25 to 1, which I bet, and then he withdrew. Why? Because I thought that number was nuts. <laughs> that was – so I think that was uh, – God, I'm gonna pull it up real quick because that was the start. Like that was the reason why why Kyle tweeted the 40 percent thing is because it had to do with the fact that he hasn't played an event yet. He's played in like one. He and is, is he at home like he's hitting balls 200 miles an hour, and yet he's hurt. He can't play, and he was he was signed up to play in the uh, pro member at Seminole on Monday that everybody plays. We in. didn't talk about that, but that that field was tr- like Literally so so cool to look at. Uh, 
if you play if you've played in the seminal pro member like you've made it yeah you, I, i'd love it. to know like the selection process of the members i felt kind of bad for i looked i was like is sap had to play in this like he's gonna have to take drink it, only so many miller lights tonight it's so uh just a little i will a little recap um patrick cantley won the gross portion of the tournament and he ne- did yes and then nelly corda and her partner won the net Team. net portion of the any idea who else played well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's freaking cantley so you got a you got an actual leaderboard from the pro member at seminal i had just the top I'm trying to remember where so everybody between this is the always the monday after the honda i think they must have moved it to to coordinate with the PJ Tour schedule, but... Let's see if I can find anything. All right, so while he's doing that, Scott, 35, just interrupt me when you get it. Yep. Henley, 40. Keith Mitchell, 45-1, to 1, who I have bet and who I love this week and who I will also back for probably a top 20 and maybe a top 10. Uh, he has great history, and I think the form is phenomenal. As I look at the stats that matter to me this week, He's fifth on par fives. He's fourth in proximity over 200 yards. He's 19th in putting. This is over the last 12 rounds. I like the small sample sizes because I think these guys, when you're hot, you're hot. Uh, 34th in fairways gained, 43rd in good drives gained. I don't worry so much about the driver because I know that he's the driver is his the strength of his game, but the rest of his game has come along and he plays well here every year. So if he likes it and his results show me that I don't have to worry about any of that, I just see the form and some of these numbers and I think forty five to one is an awesome number for a guy who's playing really, really well and who loves Bermuda. Like this is his time. If you're gonna play Keith now is the time. Last week, this week, um, maybe at the players, but really this week. I mean, this is the week. He might even he may even be a good option for for one and dones. He's priced the same as Max Homa at forty five to one, who profiles really well for this golf course. It's just we think of him as a West Coast player. I don't know if that's fair or not. He's won at Quail Hollow, but I, you know, like if you're gonna bet Max Homa at forty five, I th- I think it's for good reason. McNeely, 50. Christian Bazunhoit, 50. Burns, 50. Kokrak, 50. Also has great history and profiles really well here. I think that's interesting. Garcia, 50. Fleetwood, 50, who I won and done last week. Horschel, 55. Not this week, but definitely at the players. Seamus Power, Justin Rose, 60. Gooch, Day, Woodland, Cameron Tringali, 65 to 1. I bet Jason Day, 65 to 1, because I am a glutton for punishment. And it just struck me that he played well at Farmers, which surprised me a little bit. And the underlying numbers still aren't that good, but. That sounds like a that sounds like a broken clock that's yeah. right twice a day. Yeah, sort of thing. It might be, or it might be that he's finally, you know, like he's gonna come back and have a little bit of a something, some action going here. I mean, I look like he's not to the level of Adam Scott in terms of coming back into the forefront of the golf world or whatever and competing to win tournaments. He's not to that level, but sixty-five to one is not thirty-five to one either. So, 
Um, and he can scramble his face off, and he doesn't have to hit a ton of drivers here. He knows the golf course. He's played well. If he can bottle some of that form that he found at Farmers before fading on the last few holes, I think there's reason to like him here. I, I understand that's a total – like that's – he could just as easily miss the cut, but it's an outright bet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to play him in like DraftKings. Kevin Na, Corey Connors, Chris Kirk, who also has a great history here and I do think is a good DraftKings play this week, good from 200-plus. And Luke List, again, back to the Farmers. I like Luke List. I will not be outright betting Luke List at 70-1, to but I think he's in play – for top 20s, maybe top 10s. But you might, you might even be able to get a decent number on him for top 30, top 40. Those guys are all 70 to 1. Lanto Griffin profiles really well. He's 75 to 1. Keegan, great history profiles well, 80. Cameron Young stayed hot last week. Shot 500 on Sunday. That was a great round. He's 80 to 1. And then let's cut it off at the 100 to 1s, which are Van Ruin, Hoagie, Sepp Straka, Sebastian Munoz, who's been bet down, I think, to there. And who I also bet. Uh, Troy Merritt, Ian Poulter, Carlos Ortiz, very good with the long iron. 6,900 on DraftKings this week. Kind of like it. Uh, 100 to 1. And then Matthew Wolf, 110 to 1 after the interesting show that he put on at the Honda uh, last week. So those are the guys, 100 to 1. And under other notables above 100, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed is the same price as Ricky Fowler. My, how's that expression go? My, how the cookie has crumbled. Yes. Yeah. And then Patrick Reed ate it. I saw some stat that uh, that Patrick Reed is only driving the golf ball like 275 yards right Dude, now. Dude, I worry that his, that's, remember that mystery illness? Yeah. I saw that same stat. 280. 280 is what it was. 280. I hit it farther. We both hit it farther. <laughs> yeah. like I'm a rickety old man, man. I woke up this morning and I thought to myself, why the hell does my left foot hurt so bad? I haven't been above 85% in years. <laughs> like, I can years. easily clear 280 and hit the fairway. I, no, yeah. I was shocked by that. And again, that's the the driving. That's all. Even so, it's still like when he's connecting with one, he's still hitting it past us. But well, and then all drives. But even on top of that, it's like the it's the he has a closed club face with a strong grip. Like if we tra- if we did that, we, oh, he's we hitting would, a trap draw on every shot. He's hitting a trap draw. Man, I was hitting a trap draw back when I was like in middle school. That was a good. That's a good. That's not a bad way to go. Uh, I mean, then it, I went to the stack and tilt, and my game kind of fell apart. But oh, geez, you listened to I'm Aaron, Aaron Brad, Charlie Wee. <laughs> And Aaron Badley, also a stack and tilt guy. But I remember seeing that commercial all the time. <laughs> no, he's in trouble, dude. Yeah, well, it's not good. No, I feel uh, to go all the. Remember, he was like sixty-five to one in the fall somewhere, somewhere ridiculous. Like, I'd be lying Silverado if I said felt- or something, and I was like, I'm taking this. He's he was to me then what Jason Day is to me now. Okay, I ran a custom model. Just for Hunter's entertainment. This is par 5 scoring, approaches 200 plus, good drives gained, strokes gained putting, strokes gained around, and then more on strokes gained approach because I think approach is just, it's all about, it's really, you better be good approaching the green this week if you're going to have a chance. These are the players that pop up. Scotty Scheffler, number one. This is the last 12 rounds, so don't be surprised if this is weighted to current Recent winners and guys in really good form. Scheffler first. M second. Lanto third, I mentioned. He's fifth. Scoring on par fives. 
Hideki is next. Uh, Lee Hodges playing some great golf. Get him, Lee. Keep kicking ass. He's fifth in this model. Keith's right behind him. Party Marty Laird, who I mentioned. Pat Perez is an interesting pop here. I think he's a good play in DraftKings. He's under $7,000. There's Max Homa, despite being 101st in the round, still is ninth on this list because he's third on par fives and he's 17th approaching from 200 plus, fifth in putting. Will the putting hold up switching to Bermuda? I'm not sure. I bet Keith at 45. I can understand betting Homa there um, instead or as well. And then Tringali rounds out the top 10. Just behind him, Munoz, Cam Young, Brendan Todd, interesting, Aaron Rye, who hurt me in some DraftKings lineups last week after a couple of really good days. Russell Henley, there's Will Zalatoris, 16th. There's Rory, 17. Kisner, McNeely, and Sam Ryder close out the top 20 in those categories. But um, just in terms of profiling players, or what matter, what who has done what matters here well the last 12 rounds, that's kind of your list. Um, the guy who's interestingly doesn't pop up here, there he is. He's 25th. It's because he's 119th in the round. You know who I'm talking about? Victor Hovland. Oh, yeah, I think he... I saw that he he has never missed the cut here, but he's never also never finished better than T forty. Well, he's probably only played here twice, right? three times, three times. Yeah, and the course is hard. But if you were, it's just the scram. It must just be the scramble because if you think of Vic long irons, yeah, long par threes, like this should be his jam. And why is Colin Morikawa not here? Because would he not just dominate this tournament with his ability to hit fairways? I don't know why. I don't know why Collins not here. I don't know why I could see Victor playing extremely well because if 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 his whole short game because that was always his uh, what held him back, but sure seems to be fixed now. So that could be that could be someone that yeah he's been playing better. I actually really like uh, two guys that you have somewhat touched on. I like them for top twenties. I I like uh, Homa and Homa has a T twentieth here two years ago, T ten last year. I'd like him to top 20 at uh, plus 175. And then Keith Mitchell is a borderline horse for course here. Uh, he has, I want to say it's, yeah, he has a T6 in 2019 and T5 in 2020 at Bay Hill. So, and he's playing great. Just really kind of finding some really good form here in the I last. Think he's gonna, I think he's going to really get in the mix this week. You have any more picks for the API? I assume I, I have Seminole. I have the leaderboard. Hit me with the seminal. Uh, I can get my poop in a group. So I will. So this is all. This is a team event. It's a pro pro member. So I'm just going to list the pros. So this is the <clears throat> this is the gross portion of the uh, team event. The winners uh, with a 62 is Patrick Cantlay. 62 263s Harold Varner the third Nick Watney. Uh, whole group at 64 Ian Poulter Jessica Quarter Eric Cole Kyle Wester Westmoreland. Uh, Brad Faxon, and then at 65, uh, Cameron Tringali, Denny McCarthy, Lucas Glover, Adam Scott, John Rahm. At 66, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Mackenzie Hughes, Tommy Fleetwood, Bo Hogue, Zach Blair, Brandon Matthews, Patrick Rogers, Will Gordon, and James Driscoll. Wow, Will Gordon in the field. Tommy Fleetwood playing good on a Monday. How about that? I won and done to that son of a gun at the Honda. (laughs) 
And then just quickly, and then in the net portion, I misspoke. It was not Nelly. It was Jessica Corda and her partner who shot 59 to win the net portion and Nick Watney in second with a 60. Nick Watney's playing some good golf right now. He is, is he in Puerto Rico? I He probably wouldn't go. Oh, if Nick Watney's in Puerto Rico, giddy up. Okay, I have bet Keith Mitchell 50 to 1. It's 45 to 1 right now on DraftKings. I have bet Jason Day 65 to 1. I bet Sebastian Munoz 125 to 1. I will be doing a couple things from here on out. I will definitely be placing finishing position bets at least one on Keith Mitchell, like Hunter just talked about, because I do like Keith this week quite a bit. And then I will also be spending some outright money closer to the top of the board. That money might go to Adam Scott. Basically, I'm considering Scott, Zalatoris, Hideki, and Sungjae. Between those four, I will probably bet at least one, possibly two more guys. I like that Scott's 35 on DraftKings because I've seen him at 25 on others. I am holding tickets on him, like I said, for the players and Augusta. Played awesome at Genesis. This would be the kind of place where it wouldn't be a surprise to see him win. I just don't know if the short game is enough. And maybe I just move those shares over to Hideki, who's playing so great. But I also love Hideki for the players, too. So, And I love Horschel. I'm going to have a lot of tickets for the players. But those are the guys towards the top that I like. I love Rory. Uh, I'm not going to bet Rory at 10-1. to 1. I might bet Rory to top 10. And then, guys, I'm riding the Sepp Straka strain. train. Why would Sepp Straka not play well here? He had to play in that golf tournament on Monday. He's not a he's not he's kind of a he the way he was, if you saw his interview after the round where he had to set the Diet Coke down and he brings his Diet Coke. Yeah. If they serve Pepsi products at these like he's a simple guy. You know, he's not gonna be going crazy this week. He's gonna be excited to keep playing. He's in good form. And this course requires you to hit long irons and be in the fairway. Those are the things that Sep does really well. He's got a hot putter right now. So I'll be riding him for probably a top 30 or top 40, and I'll be playing him in DraftKings. And then lastly, before we sign off, save a bullet. There's a lot of comebacks on this golf course over the weekend, and particularly on Sunday. We've seen guys come from way behind. Rory shot 64, 65 here one Sunday and ended up winning by two. You can come from behind, particularly on windy Sundays. Save a bullet. Look again on Sunday morning. Consider the guys who are coming from behind, just like happened at the Honda. He could have gotten Sep 10 to 1 after he teed off. So, um, which would have been crazy to take. I, I don't think we're like talking enough about how he finished that round. Wasn't he five under through the last five holes? Like, I saw just, it. Just kicked the bear trap right in the teeth. He sh- he's made three birdies in his last five. Crazy. He's like, a great iron player. And that's, <laughs> that's, he's, that's un- what you have unheard to do. Of. Yeah. And he was hot with his putter. So, but that, I mean, Keith did something very similar when he won. He was, I mean, Brooks and Ricky were right there. And then here comes Keith making a couple birdies down the stretch. And all of a sudden you got two guys standing there just like Lowry was standing there thinking, 
what just happened to me? I thought I was going to win this golf tournament or at least be in a playoff. Yeah. Of course, there wasn't a monsoon happening, but I would save a bullet. I think you're going to get a ch- we might get a chance at a come from behind winner. And so save a little bit of budget for for the weekend for Sunday. That pretty much wraps what I have, I think. All right. That's all. That's uh do we have a radio episode this week? We do. Okay. Well, then we will save Zach Johnson Ryder Cup president or uh captain for next week and then I, we got to talk about Phil Mickelson just Yeah, Midwestern guy, right? Phil Mickelson getting dropped by everyone. Phil That got a little out of hand, didn't it? I love to beat up on Phil as much as the next guy, but this has gone too far. Has it not? Debatable? Yeah, I think. Um, well, let's get into it next. Let's we will. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. Because I would have just went, I would have quite a bit of a tangent right there. Okay, we'll, so we'll see. We'll run out of time. All right, more on Phil Mickelson next week. Good luck at the API. Let's get some winners. Yes, let's do it.